What's up, Sincerely Shameless listeners? It's your favorite host and long-distance cousin, Sarah J. Firstly, I am elated to be back in this chair in front of this mic with you. Secondly, welcome to season seven. I have so much to share with you. And as you know, seasons one through six, we were shameless. But season seven, it's time to get candid. Yes, that's right. I am now introducing the Candid Conversations in the first installment for the Bring Your Own series. It's like you've been invited to the most inclusive, exclusive, high-level event. All things provided, all you have to do is show up as your best self. Yeah, what is that thing that allows you to show up as your most productive, most joyful, most happy, and efficient self? So I've had the opportunity to pick eight amazing people who've had had experiences, breakdowns, breakthroughs, trials, and tribulations, and they have let me know the very thing that they have kept with them throughout their life, and they are ready to share with you. So I invite you to mind our business, and in the process, you mind your business, and then ask yourself, what is it that you're going to bring with you? I truly hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, Sincerely Shameless Podcast? It is your favorite host, long-distance cousin, Sarah J. How are you? Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023, you guys. Welcome to Season 7. This is a big deal. Not to be a numerologist, because that is not what I am, but 7 is like literally the number of completion, biblically. biblically. Secondly, your girl turned 33. Yes. Much wiser. Much older. Grown. Bill's been grown, so so am I, right? So at 33, that is like a big deal as well. So I feel like this whole year is filled with greatness, blessings, and growth. And I just want to go ahead and say that will be the same for you if you're willing to receive it. So enough about me, more about you. What is it that I am bringing to you that is so different in previous seasons? That is a great question. I'm so glad that you asked. If you have made it this far with me, seven seasons in, six completed, starting now with the seventh, this season is going to be very different because I am launching the Candid Conversations. What is a Candid Conversation? It is what you do literally daily on your telephone. Yes, those private conversations that no one gets to hear about between you and your girlfriends, your guy friends, your husbands, whomever, spouses, wives, whatever the case may be, I'm going to actually upload those and allow you guys to hear them. So I have handpicked eight magnificent people who are game changers in life, in the industry of emotional wellness, mental health, shamelessness, and just life because we are all serving our life sentence in life. And it can be tough, but it can also get good. And so the premise of the Candid Conversations is going to be based on an exclusive event, all paid for, all inclusive. And the only thing that you have to bring is your best self. And so I've been having candid conversations with women and men about what is it that makes you show up as your best self. And boy, when I tell you what these people told me, oh my gosh, I was like, oh, the shameless community has to hear this because maybe if you hear it, you'll either align with what they're saying and, or you might have a little bit of motivation to pivot in what you're doing so you can show up as your best self. 
And so this season is all about the candid conversations that no one really gets to hear me have. And then I bring them to you guys in hopes that it inspires you to have more candid conversations in your life that inspires others to have more candid conversations in their lives who inspire others to have more candid conversations. It's like this cyclical cycle of candid conversations and growth. So I know you're probably wondering, well, what is Sarah J bringing you guys? I thought on that long and hard. I was like, oh my goodness, what is it that I could bring? And then at first I was like, well, obviously shamelessness. But I was like, but I, I always bring that. So then I thought over the past two years, what have I had to carry with me outside of my normal everyday? Not being fearful, not being shamed, not feeling guilted, not doubting myself. And all of that rounded up to one word, reinvention. Yes. I am bringing reinvention. One thing that I've noticed throughout this life that I've been living at this humble 33 years, your girl got four or five more gray hairs too, is there is no way we can do life and pivot with how life is changing without reinvention. And I know oftentimes we are so excited about the woman that we once were. I know for myself, I'm like, iPhone, please stop reminding me of my flyer days. But then I'm like, well, wait a minute. I can still have fly days. I don't have to live in that memory. And so it just takes reinvention. It takes you to look at what you used to do and what you can do now. It takes, what does that schedule look like? It takes, am I trying to grow my education? It takes, do I need to move locations? It takes, do I need to stop hanging with baby and friends in them and elevate the company or am I the bad company and I need to elevate and how I'm moving. It takes asking all of those questions in a period of reinvention. And so that's what I am bringing with me all 2023 and possibly and beyond. It's really just accepting that life changes and with the ebbs and flows of change, so do I. And while I might have loved 27-year-old Sarah J who owned her own home and was a corporate trainer traveling the Northeast and the Southeast, I am not that Sarah J anymore. However, I don't lose sight of her. I bring her along with 33-year-old Sarah J who recently relocated back to her hometown in a condo in a PhD program, working two jobs still. co-authoring a book, inspiring women and men as I meet them, but also still buying plants because that is the one thing I can keep alive other than my faith. So it's that. So I am bringing reinvention with me. And I want to ask you, what are some things or what is the one thing you're going to bring with you all year to maximize your productivity, to elevate you to your best self, but then to be able to show up for yourself as you require or expect others to, to empower them to do the same. So y'all know I just can't say that and close out this podcast. That wouldn't even be me. So I want to give you guys some tips on reinvention of self. And this is purely coming from me. As promised, I told you all I would share some of the things that um, 
I've been working through or some of the tools I've used to basically maximize my response and hone in on my reinvention. And so let me be very clear. Reinvention is not something that you do every decade or every quarter of your life. It is literally something that is happening right now, daily, consistently. My favorite word is minutely. So when I was growing up and throughout adolescence, teens, um, college years, up until now, I was reinventing myself based on whatever trial, tribulation, trauma that was ahead. Only thing was, I just wasn't mindful. Therefore, this trial, tribulation, and trauma, as it was happening, was changing me and cultivating a woman that uh, sometimes I really liked, and then other times I really didn't. Like trying to date someone and it's not going really well, it turned me into this, like, I don't like men right now. I don't trust it. Instead of me being able to get ahead of it and being mindful that, hey, this experience can change me for the good or for the bad, and then manage it and have some input in my response to the change and how it would reinvent this new woman that I was becoming. And so right around um, November 24th, 2022, um, I had basically finished up most of my road um, activity with the company. And so my last travel was December 22nd. And so I have not traveled, you guys, to date. Um, So it's been three months, basically, at home. And while being at home, not only did my grocery bill go up, light bill went up, I had the opportunity to process. When you're not shaking and moving and busy, 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 like, I, you know, my schedule was very regimented, like juiced, juice, spin, run, work, hop, skip rest, play. And it was just very relaxed. I got the opportunity to process. Now, that's a word you guys have probably hear me use a lot in season seven because um, my therapist has been using a lot and my girlfriends use the word process. And I'm like, well, I know what processes are. I do those as a corporate trainer. These processes help these people execute. And yes and no. Emotional processing is being able to take a moment of time, stillness, and think through what is bothersome or think through the celebratory moment. And so I've had three months to just process. And I'm like, oh, whoa, I didn't know I didn't really like that. Or, oh, whoa, I I didn't know that that made me stronger. Um, Oh, wow, I didn't know that this made me feel a certain type of way. And so throughout my processing, I've been able to recognize that self-reinvention is happening whether we know it or not. It is this thing that's interworking in the back of our minds, within our bodies, according to the circumstances and situation that's ahead of us, and we morph into the change. Well, I don't like not being a part of change. (laughs) I don't like not being a part of what's happening. So me being who I am, just nosy, I was like, oh, I want to be a part of this I want action research. I want to be a part of this. And so I need to actively be mindful that self-reinvention is happening nonstop. And I want to help the the response. I want to get up in front of the response. I don't ever want to not be a part of that anymore now that I've had this revelation. 
And so here are the five things that I've just kind of used as tools with self-reinvention. The first one is being my own cheerleader. Growing up, we have been so used to getting the good jobs and the pat on the backs. Years, baby to like 18. Some of us were blessed to even hear it up to 25. To where a lot of the things that we do, though we won't say it, unconsciously, we're expecting someone somewhere to somehow notice our efforts and pat us on the back. Well, as you get older, that pat on the back becomes fleeting. And because it's fleeting, now you need to hear it more often. And so now everything that you do, you're looking over your shoulder like, who is about to give me a shout out? But then what happens is because that shout out or that pat on the back becomes fleeting and your desire for it increases, now you're frustrated because no one notices your efforts. And so what ends up happening is then we do more and more and more and more and then boom, burnout. I don't want anybody to be burnt out. I mean, I've been there. I Shoot, I was just there. And so one of the things that I recognize is, Sarah, you're going to have to be able to move and groove without other people's acknowledgement of it or their cheerleading. And so you need to cheerlead yourself on. You guys, I kid you not. I finished a module in my class and I literally stood up and I said, good job, Sarah. You are so freaking smart and you really know how to apply yourself. You are doing big things. Literally shouted myself out. Working my part-time job, I did something that was amazing, like mop the floor. And I was like, you know what, Sarah? That is some high level cleaning right there. It's, It's interesting because who are you talking to other than yourself? And I think that's important. Bringing that affirmation back to yourself to remind yourself why you go hard for you. We don't really necessarily, nor should we go hard for the applaud of man. Because let me tell you, one day it's a Hosanna, tomorrow it's crucify you, get rid of it. So you can't even do it for them. They're not stable. You got to do it for you. And so I had to tell myself, Sarah, you need to cheer yourself on. You are 33 paying all of your bills by yourself, managing not one, but two jobs, the sanity, your eyebrows and lashes, your weight, PhD student, knocking down 14 page page papers, and still able to run a podcast, a blog, and co-author a book. Girlfriend, you are doing your thing. And that is not to say if you are not doing 50, 11 million things that I'm doing, that you're not doing your thing because you are probably doing the best that you can in the areas that you are doing. And so go ahead and cheer yourself on. And so I had to get really good at that um, over these past two months, three months. And I plan to be even stronger at it. I want to be able to say mid-sentence like, oh, Sarah J, you just killed that sentence. All right. And continuing the conversation. (laughs) So be your own cheerleader. Seeking validations from others is natural. However, you can't live off of that. I'm going to tell you that right now. The other tool that I'm using is reminding myself that I have a choice. 
I don't know if you guys remember the episode about confidence where, you know, I had gotten this compliment from a young lady. She's like, hey, you know, you're so confident. And I was like, I would have never thought of myself as a confident person. The areas where I'm strong at, I've always said it's because I've had no choice. Over these past couple of months, I've sat down and um, literally realized I did have a choice. I had a choice to stay stagnant or rise above. I had a choice to um, get stuck or to push forward. And instinctually, not something I said out of my mouth, like, I'm going to push forward. Instinctually, my body goes into fight or flight. And it's never fly away from the situation. It is claw your way through this because guess what's on the other side? And I don't know what was on the other side every time I did it. But thus far, this is where I've landed. And it's way better than being stuck. So you do have a choice. Every single opportunity, instance, and experience you come up against is you do have a choice. Everything, even when it looks like you don't have a choice, you do have a choice. And the choice is yours to choose without explanation. And um, I had to tell myself that constantly. I was um, in one state working two jobs and just having passive income. Never underestimate passive income, saints. Having passive income was the difference between I don't feel like cooking to I I feel like I don't have a choice. (laughs) And so moving here, I had an opportunity where I couldn't transfer one position to the next state to where I had to work a different job. It wasn't something I wanted to do. I didn't find it as the most attractive position. But in that moment, I had a choice. I could choose to be vain and not work this other opportunity and possibly starve. Or I can choose my financial, mental, and emotional wellness and working in a role that I didn't feel was as attractive was temporary. And so I chose that. And um, that's important because oftentimes our backs may feel like it's up against the wall and your reinvention of yourself. You're like, oh, this is going to turn me for a bad. And it's like, well, You have a choice and so you can choose it and you don't have to explain why you chose what you chose. Your choice is yours to choose. Another tool that I'm using is language matters. I come from a family of just flippant talk. We just be talking and be talking because we're all talkers. We love to talk, 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 talk. I'm telling you, if you come to the house for it doesn't matter whether it's a funeral or a cookout. We are talking people. We just going to talk about everything and talk about nothing. <laughs> so with that, I've learned how to senselessly talk and talking myself into a grave down there. And so I had to tell myself, Sarah, your language matters. Your language matters. And so if my language matters, if I'm in a situation where I feel exhausted, the last thing I'm going to say is I feel exhausted. Now, do I acknowledge that I feel exhausted? A thousand percent. But do I realize I got eight more hours left of this day? One hundred thousand percent. And so I'm going to say, you know what? I'm feeling a little tired, but I'm not exhausted because I have a long way to go for this day. And recognizing that that language piece matters so that I can get a gust of a second win to continue throughout the day. 
point B of that is your pivot. I remember feeling like I cannot believe I'm swiping my credit card again. Then it immediately hit me like, you got credit cards to swipe. I was like, you know what? <laughs> swipe away. <laughs> it's, um, it takes that. It takes that. Um, the um, fourth tool is when I realized I was reinventing and myself was reinventing. It was just naturally happening. I had to make my expectations known. I'll be very candid about this one. And um, I look forward to doing it in the friendship series, which is season eight. Your girl has been literally getting it together for y'all. Making my expectations known is literally the difference between aggressive and passive conversation. You guys, passive, you guys, passive doesn't work. This you would think... You would hope I can read your mind. I'm t- don't live off of that. Don't live off of that. You won't go anywhere. You've got to make your expectations known in an assertive way. Because what happens is we'll be wishing on a star that someone will catch it and then penalize them when they don't. And so in this reinvention process, Um, y'all know I love having strong relationships and friendships with my girlfriends. I let them all know, like, listen, hey, I'm starting a PhD program. It's a three-year commitment. It looks a lot like eight to 10 hours out of my week being taken. So I know we'd be on the phone for three, four hours. Now we can do 45. Hit me with the highlights. I'll hit you with the lowlights. We're going to have to wrap up it in prayer and get off the phone. And that's not me being nasty. That's not me being rude. That's me letting you know my expectations. And if that is something that you can still rock with within this friendship, then great. If not, then great. You got to let your expectations known. And that's not just in friendships. That's in relationships. That's in workplace. That's in community. You got to let them know, hey, this is how much I can bite off. This is how much I can't bite off. And then even in the reverse, how about if you're in the friend group that always gossips and you're like, you're trying to stop that. You see, it's not really working for you. You got to let them know, hey, like, look, I don't really gossip anymore. I'm trying to cut that down to a minimum. I know we spend 10 hours doing it. I'm trying to take it down to like a one hour max. That has to be an expectation known. What if it is something that you need from a person? Say you've elevated in your friendship and you're you're on this mindset of go big or don't even go at all. That's that's how I roll. <laughs> We're going big, bring out the champagne, the sparklers, people jumping out of cakes, top floor, rooftop. Like I love grander. Um, I don't want to party at the Motel 6 no more. Say that's your circumstance and you want to tell your friends they got to elevate it or you got to tell your partner like, hey, we used to do McDonald's and that used to be cute. Now I want the finer things at Maggiano's and I don't know, the Eiffel Tower. You've got to let that person know because you don't want to hold resentment against them for, for a metric they, they didn't meet that they never knew was there. And so even in my friendships, you know, going into my 30s, it's been about quality not quantity. And so I'm letting those expectations being known like, hey, um, we, we check in with, the, we, with each other weekly. This going 15 years without talking and then you want to come sit on my, I don't, I don't want to do, that's not friendship. That's distant 
nomadism. And I'm, I don't, I don't want to do that. And if they can adhere to it, great. And if they can't, great. But passive communication will not get you any further in your reinvention of your better self. Fifth and final, don't panic. You'll love the new you as you become. I was so afraid of processing because I was like, what if I don't like this Sarah J? What if she's not as fun? What if she's not as witty? What if she's, you know, I don't know, a weirdo who's always just thinking everything, overthinking everything, overprocessing and articulating and research, research, research. And then I finally just said, and if she is, what are you going to (laughs) do? Like reinvent? It's the worst that could happen is that you don't like it. And then you say, I don't like it. And you reinvent it. It's like, I want to try this new recipe, but I don't want to try this new recipe. What if I fail? Okay. And if you fail, throw it away and recook something else. It's just like that. It's just as simple as that. So what if you don't like who you are in the job that you're in and you're like, okay, I'm going to quit. But what if I don't find something else? Okay. Then you don't find something else and you birth the business. That's amazing. What if you find something else and it's better than what you've expected? Again, amazing. What if you don't, what if you find something else and you don't like it? Okay, then you quit again (laughs) and then do something different. You reinvent to the point that you love. So don't panic. Don't be afraid to start the process of reinvention. Oftentimes we get so stuck in a place because we know that level. We know that comfort. You know, I know the saints say, um, why do something different when I know this devil? I don't want to learn a new one. Well, what if that one's more nice? Er. (laughs) Or what if it's not even a devil? What if you meet an angel? Like, I don't know. And so for myself, I had to tell myself, don't panic, Sarah. You will love this new version as you're becoming this new version of self, this reinvention. And I believe that for you. So when you guys think of the candid conversations, just use this as your baseline. Use yourself as your baseline. Look at your goals. Look at what do you want to see yourself at 50 or 80 or what would you want people to say at, this is going to sound morbid, at your funeral. Think from there and then all of the steps that you'll take, all the experiences, all the life instances, the journey that you'll have ahead of you to get there. You know, Um, then there's no arrival only long-winded destinations because <laughs> that's called life. But as we go through season seven, I want it to be something we do together because each inner personal candid conversation that I had with each individual, I took something from them and I put it in my back pocket as a mental note as if I can't, if I'm not reinventing today, then I can lean on what she brought or what he brought if I can't do it for myself. So I want it to be a collaborative effort for all of us so we can continue to show up as our best self. And um, that's what I got for y'all. 
I truly, truly hope you guys enjoyed this season opener of season seven, bringing reinvention to the all-inclusive exclusive event. And again, I'm going to ask you, what are you bringing? And I can't wait to see you there. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sincerely Shameless podcast, the Candid Conversations edition featuring the Bring Your Own series. I am so excited that you took out time to hear these stories about reducing shame through resilience, courage, self-awareness. Sometimes it's just as simple as a conversation, a little bit of forgiveness. I hope you share this podcast with someone close to you, someone near and dear to you, and maybe you guys can have a conversation about what you'd be bringing. I look forward to seeing you next week. Be love, be light, the shameless, shameless.